Hey guys, this is Pastor Mark Warren from Church at the Crossroads. Thank you for checking out our podcast. My prayer is that you're encouraged and challenged as you hear, understand, and obey God's Word today. When I was about 14 or 15 years old, uh, like a lot of the young men in this church, I learned the D chord and the E chord. They were my first two uh, chords. So I started learning to play the guitar when I was 14 or 15 years old. And my next door neighbor sold me his classical guitar with the wide neck, which I think has helped me over the years. I learned on such a hard guitar to learn that it's made nice guitars a lot easier to play. But he sold me that guitar for $25 and he threw in teaching me my first two chords. And he told me if I would just practice the D and the E, then the next day he'd show me another chord. And little by little, and honestly, that summer, I pretty much learned everything that I know today. I learned bar chords, and I practiced about probably at least four, six, maybe even eight hours a day because it was summertime. My, my fingers bled, and I just practiced, so I encouraged our young people and those who want to learn how to play the guitar to, uh, to jump right into it and learn the guitar and keep practicing. Well, as I grew with my guitar playing, I fell in love with the thought of owning a Rickenbacker 12-string. And I was excited about that. I found a picture in Guitar Player magazine. I took it down to the guitar shop, and I told Tom it was Tom's guitar shop. I said, Tom... I want to buy this guitar. And he says, well, I don't have one. I'd have to order it. And I'm like, well, go ahead and do it. He says, hold on. He said, no disrespect, but I need half down. And I said, well, how much will that be? And he said, close to about $500. He said, if you'll bring me $500, I'll order the guitar. Well, I didn't have $500 at the time. But, Chris, I had a job. Amen? I had a paper route. So it was just a matter of time before I got that, because I saw it. I saw in my mind, I had a goal, I had a dream, that if I would just put away a certain amount of money, in no time I would have that $500. And little by little, I was able to take that guitar home. As he ordered it, I was able to play it. And I realized at a young age that God made us in such a way that we have goals and we have dreams. We're going to talk about some of our goals here at the church, but to kind of make it relevant to those listening here today and us, I want you to ask this question. How, this is a how to accomplish your goals in life sermon. This is very practical. This is from the Apostle Paul. I think the Apostle Paul gives us a very clear picture with some very tangible steps that we can take you know, uh, we're not going to necessarily jump up and down and, and rah-rah, but we're going to walk out of here with three or four principles that you can apply in your life. Somebody told me one time there's two types of uh, ways to lead an organization. You can lead through events where people get motivated, they get excited, or you can lead through processes where there are processes in place that develop and train people. We have a you know, a guitar learning process here at the church. We have a system, and it works. People learn how to play the guitar. 
they're able to start playing, and our goal is that they would be able to play on stage and develop their talent, and we've trained people who play guitar for other churches. So they don't necessarily have to play here. It is a process. And this sermon is going to kind of be the same way. There's a process to reaching your goals in life. And if you're here today and you don't have any goals, I want to encourage you to pray and ask God to give you a couple goals, even if they are six months goals or a year goal, to walk out of here with some things that you would like to trust God to do in your life for personal growth and spiritual growth and the growth of the community. We're going to talk about some of the goals of Crossroad in a broad sense. We're not going to get into details yet, but we have goals. We don't just, you know, I probably talk to Tyler Hughes every single day of the week, Monday through Friday, maybe not on the weekends, but we talk. And I talk to Amy and I talk to some of, you know, I talk to other people here in the church. And most of our conversation is centered around how can we grow and improve to help people follow Christ. We're looking for ways to encourage people. Now, some of you are struggling with things. I realize that some of you have issues in your life that keep you from being the person that Christ wants you to be. And I know you might think, man, I wish I could just say a prayer or come over here to the altar and just do this or that, and that would go away. And I wish it would too. And I pray for you, and I certainly believe in faith when you pray. But the truth of the matter is spiritual growth is sometimes hard work. And sometimes it takes time. And you have to discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And you have to get up when you fall down. And it's a growth process. So let's look at the process that Paul uh, used. He says, now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances had turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. Paul saw every event that happened in his life is working towards the accomplishment of God's ultimate purpose, to reach people with the gospel. When Paul wrote this letter, he was in prison. When Paul wrote this letter, there were people who did not like him, who opposed him, who wanted him dead. There were people who went and preached the gospel trying to make him jealous. Paul had opposition. He had fake friends, you know? But he didn't look at this as, oh, woe is me. He wasn't a victim. He saw victory in Christ, not victimization. He saw that no matter what his circumstances were, God was in control. And I want to encourage you right off the bat that if you're here today and you feel like you're a victim or there are circumstances or there are excuses, I want to encourage you to just look at the Word of God and pray that God would give you the faith and the confidence to change and to grow spiritually. You know, somebody told me one time, and I don't know if all of this is true biblically, but they said, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. Well, there is an element of truth to that. If you and I are going to change, we have to say, I, I don't want this anymore. I don't want these things. I want new things. I didn't want the $25 classical guitar that I was embarrassed, didn't even have a case. I wanted the brand new, you know, 12-string Rickenbacker. But you know what? As Jesus said, if you drink from this water, you're never going to be satisfied, but the water I give will satisfy you. That guitar did not satisfy me. You know, it didn't. It was great. It was nice. But the first time I spilt a drink on it, playing it somewhere, I realized it was temporal. 
You know, and it, 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 very quickly it could be stolen. In fact, it would have been stolen. I happened to sell it one time when I was, you know, uh, struggling financially and I needed the money and I sold the guitar. It paid my rent one month. And that's kind of sad that that's what that guitar became. But it's not bad news because had I had the guitar, it would have been stolen with all my other guitars when I got robbed in Chesapeake. So the things of this world pass away, folks. You know, so we need goals that are larger than our lives. The next thing that we see, Paul said that his imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. When Paul was in prison, he shared the gospel with the prisoners that were chained to him. They would chain a Roman prisoner, to, or they would chain a guard to the Roman prisoner to make sure he didn't escape. And as that took place, no social distancing or anything. <laughs> as that took place, Paul was able to share the gospel. The other Christians in uh, Rome and throughout Jerusalem and Antioch, they heard that Paul was suffering for Christ. And a lot of them got off of their tails and started to share the gospel. And in all these things, Paul was encouraged. And he says, and that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment, have far more encouragement to speak the word of God without fear. This led to people removing their fear. You know, a lot of times we're sitting on fear, and the reason we don't act is fear. We are afraid. You know, at the end of the service, you're going to see some, some young men come up here and sing, praise the Lord. And we have overcome our fear. We have banded together and overcome our fear to do this. You know, amen. We have overcome our fear, and we're not going to be ruled by fear. And we're, we're, we're loud and proud. Amen. And guys are thinking of names for the band, and we rejoice. Because seize today, folks. You know, age is not, is not, whether you're young or old, male or female, God wants you to accomplish things for His glory. God wants you to do and to write down goals, and to move in a way that you feel good about the life that He has given you that is quickly passing. And if we're going to do it, we must do it now. Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ even from, even from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I will rejoice. Paul said that, you know, there are people who are sharing the gospel with bad motives, and that's true today. We don't know what their motives are. We don't necessarily know who they are. But Paul was encouraged that the gospel was preached, whether from good motives or from bad motives. And finally, Paul says in verse uh, 19, he says, Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through our prayers and the provision of the Spirit in Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything but with all boldness, Christ will, even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. 
For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Now folks, Paul's goal in life was to know Christ and to make Him known. And I want to encourage you to embrace that goal. That if you will know Christ and make Him known in life, that will be a powerful goal. That was the goal of my school. The goal of my school was to know Him and to make Him known. And this was Paul's goal. And as I stand here today, I can say this is the goal that I have. At 56 years old, I just had a birthday. This is my passion, to know Christ. To know, you know, sometimes life is tough and it's challenging and you're having a hard time and it seems like even ministry is not going well. And uh, Paul's goal in life was to know Christ and make Him known. And when I'm having a hard time, and when it seems like ministry is not going well, when it seems like people are not uh, supportive, I can go to the Word of God. I can pray. I can spend time with Jesus. I can grow in my faith. And my faith does not miss a beat, and yours does not have to miss a beat. If you have a relationship with Christ, that is far more important than anything you will accomplish for Christ. Your relationship comes first. And out of that relationship, you're passionate about sharing the gospel with other people. Paul did not allow the circumstances in his life or opposition to cause him to make excuses or blame other people. You know, part of, you know, part of me this week as I prepared this lesson, I wanted to call it, Don't Be a Victim. But I kind of took a different turn with it, but that message is still there. You know, I felt like, you know, I don't know that there would be anybody in here who's struggling with that. But that element is in this sermon, is that there is a lot of challenges today with people blaming their circumstances and feeling trapped. You know, and feeling like they can't accomplish anything because of their circumstances. And that is a completely unbiblical thought. You know, it doesn't matter. Paul was in prison, folks. He was in prison and the man wrote most of the New Testament. He was being, I mean, I get uncomfortable having to spend a night in the hospital alone. You know, that was miserable. Paul spent week after week and month after month in a, not a sanitary prison, but a first century prison chained to a soldier. And you would never know it. I think people would be amazed if they knew his circumstances. Your circumstances should not be the most important thing about you. Christ, what do you think of Paul? When you read about Paul, do you feel sorry for him? No, you think he loved Christ. You think of Jesus, Paul, Jesus. It's because he focused on Christ and not his circumstances. Paul prayed to God about his goals as well, as well allowed others to pray for him. Not only did Paul pray to reach these goals, he allowed other people to pray for him. Paul lived with hope and confidence in God. How do you reach your goals in life? Three simple, three or four simple steps. Number one, have clear written goals that honor and glorify God. If you want to put this sermon into practice and grow spiritually from this, I encourage you to pay close attention to these next points. Write down your goals. Put them in writing. 
if it's a three-month goal, if it's a six-month goal, have some goals. You know, write them down and pray about them and say, this is what I want to do. Not for yourself. You know, Paul had some goals before he knew Christ. He wanted to wipe out Christians. And then when Christ revealed himself to him, Paul surrendered that goal, and he he had a new goal. Some of us were chasing goals and dreams before we knew Christ, and now that we know Christ, we have different dreams and goals. Praise the Lord. So have clear, written goals that honor and glorify God. Number two, this is very important, and I'm not trying to be negative. Expect difficulty and opposition in reaching your goals to the extent that they build God's kingdom. You know, there are people here who have accomplished things in business, in life, people who have accomplished things spiritually and in ministry. There's many people in this room who have had goals, whether written down or in your head, and you've accomplished them. Those of you raising a family, some of you have raised your family. You've reached goals. Would any of you stand up here and say, Mark, it was a lot easier than I thought. Don't tell people that. They should just have their goals, and it'll just be smooth and easy. Anybody feel that way? Any of the men or women who run a business think, well, I started the business, and hallelujah, it was 10 times easier than I ever thought. I never had a bad day. You know? Brian had a dream to own this farm. It was all easy, right, Brian? Took a lot of prayer. Expect difficulty and opposition in reaching your goals to the extent that they build God's kingdom. But going through that adversity builds the sweetness of what is accomplished for Christ. It's through that that you're encouraged. Number three, allow God's word to fill you with faith, love, and hope in reaching your goals. If you have goals written down that will glorify God, you need to read the word of God so that you're filled with faith rather than fear. Fear can take over your life and you'll never do anything. You can live in fear and not accomplish anything. But if you will allow God through faith to step out, to push out onto the water, and to seek to do some things, every time we've started a ministry here, there's been risk. When we started Youth Alive, you know, we didn't even know we were starting Youth Alive. We were just trying to have a, we were just trying to mix it up a little on Fifth Sunday. There's been obstacles to overcome, but the more that we prayed, the more people have encouraged us, and we see that this is growing, and it's God, these goals, and now we're, you know, and pray for us, because now we're at a place where we need to reevaluate and say, what are our future goals? Because you will reach all your goals, you will accomplish what is in your heart, and don't quit. Just sit down, reevaluate. Write new goals, write bigger goals, pray and trust God and move on to the next thing. Last, pray like it is all up to God and work like it's all up to you. A friend of mine told me this many years ago. I said, Randy, I'm trying to figure out the balance between my prayers and hard work to accomplish this goal. He said, Mark, if you will pray like it's all up to God and you will work like it's all up to you. That is the best combination. Don't be lazy. He said, don't be lazy. You know, I, I spent uh, some time with somebody a couple weeks ago, and, 
and we were looking at different uh, things to do as far as starting a church in Martin County, and they said, boy, whew, the Lord's work is tiring. Well, it's work. It's work. It's not sitting around reading the Bible and praying prayers all the time. There's some work to do. We have to get out and, and find details and work on things. There is work to accomplish your goals. There's work for us as a church to accomplish our goals. If we have a, a work day, people are going to be down here pushing the, you know, the vacuum cleaner, nailing things and working, climbing up on the roof. And it's going to be work. When we fix this stage up, it's going to be work. But we're praying like it's all up to God. We're in prayer. We're not neglecting him. We believe he is the ultimate source because many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. But we're going to be on our hands and knees working because work honors God. If we want to reach our goals, we have to work as unto the Lord. Finally, partner with other believers who share the same goals in life. I am excited to be surrounded by a group of men one being my brother, another one of my best friends, who are serving the Lord as a pastor somewhere else. And we share stories, we share encouragement, and I am built up and I encourage you to connect with other people. We are connected here. Brian and I talk often. Tyler and I talk often. Of course, Amy and I talk about things. Cass and I talk about ministry things. Cena and I talk about Buddy. All of us, we are talking about the work that we're doing for the Lord, not for our glory. And I can promise you, I can promise you, I could stand before this church and say one thing I can say about the people of this church. To the best of my ability, what is done here is done for God's glory. I don't have a relation, nor would I have a relationship with someone that I thought was trying to build their own kingdom. I wouldn't tolerate that. Life is too short. The men and women here do many things that are never seen. Many of the people tell me, you know, we receive things from people and encouragement for people for this ministry, and they say, please keep it anonymous. The focus is on God's glory. People want to see us grow and reach people and help people. But none of this is done to draw attention to any of us individually or even to the church. The goal is to build the kingdom of God, and we certainly want to see every other church in this area do well. And we've done our part to try to help them. We've trained their musicians. We've been friends to them. We've done everything we can to encourage other people because at the end of the day, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. What are the goals of church at the crossroads? We have three goals that I've written down, and these are very broad goals. If you're new here, uh, if, you, you know, if you're kind of new here, this is kind of a summary of a lot of what we talk about. If this is your first time, this is a glimpse of who we are. Goal number one is that people will have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I don't lead with work. I don't lead with serving. I don't lead with giving. You know, I lead that the most important thing you need here is a relationship with Christ. You know, I don't necessarily call people other than sending them a text saying, I appreciate you coming, and I'm available. I'm available to talk, to encourage, but I don't chase people down. I believe God will bring the people here who belong here. But the number one priority is to have a relationship with Christ, a relationship with God through Christ. And that's, that's challenging enough. 
in this day and age. The next thing is that people would grow in their relationship with God. You know, I, I believe, I know some people are kind of sensitive about people going to different churches and things like that. I've heard pastors say things, and I'm going to be honest with you. If there's a place that will help you develop a relationship with Christ and help you grow in Christ, you know, that is a place for you. You know, you don't have to feel guilty for wanting to find that. You need, you're not going to be able to serve the Lord. People are too eager to try to get people involved in churches. You know, God is not setting up there, I need people to help in the nursery. I need this. No, he needs people to be in relationship with him. If you get the relationship right and you begin to grow in Christ, God's going to lead you to the ministry where you're equipped for. You're not equipped to do everything. I'm not going to be singing today. Praise the Lord. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to go back there and try to, yeah. I'm not going to try to run the nursery. You know, I'm not going to nail anything on the wall. Praise the Lord. They were joking about me one time, and Brian kind of bailed me out. He said, well, we all have our different gifts. <laughs> we have to be where we're gifted. We want people to grow in their relationship with the Lord. And finally, we want people to discover their spiritual gifts and serve God and one another, not serve ourselves. You know, we're never going to be happy serving ourselves. Service for God and for other people is the great. Your, your raising of your children is for someone else. You serve those children because you love them more than you love yourself. And that's what happens in a local church. Um, we just, you know, Church of the Crossroads is growing and we're excited about what God is doing. And, and, and sometimes the Holy Spirit calls us to do things that we're either not comfortable with or we fought for a little while or we're just not sure. But then there's times when the God, when God speaks to you so clearly because he wants to do something through your life and through your family that you just can't ignore it anymore. So let's pray, if you will. Just stand up. And then this is an exciting, these are exciting times for Church at the Crossroads. He is, he is doing great things through this body of believers, and, and, and we're so excited. Father, we thank you so much, Lord God, because where you lead, Father, you will guide and you will instruct, Lord, and you will bless. And to love your people and to reach those who have no hope with the hope of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your love and all that you're doing here. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Visit us at crossroadsahoski.com for more information, additional resources, and service times.